A happy life is one which is in accord with its own nature. I love that quote. A happy life is one which is in accord with its own nature. That's a quote by philosopher Seneca, and it relates to our topic today, which is about business and high performers. And we're going to talk about the power of having someone being in work that aligns with who they are something we call job fit. We're going to talk about what job fit is and why it matters. I'm going to talk about two faulty beliefs hiring managers have that leads to poor job fit and low productivity and turnover. We're going to talk about uh, why people fail, and I'm going to share with you five reasons using an analogy that I use. It's the job fit car analogy that makes it very clear as to five aspects you can look at when someone's not making it on the job, and it can give you some insight into future hiring. So I'm going to give you some actions you can take around each of these areas, and I'm going to give you some interview questions that you can use in interviewing. So if you want or are looking for tips and insights around high-performing teams, hiring, coaching, if someone's struggling in the job, trying to figure out where to look and what to do, this is your podcast. It's episode 28, and let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there. Welcome. My name is Susie Price, and I am with Priceless Professional Development, where we focus on building the energy, commitment, and communication in organizations. That's work that we've been doing for 13 years. I am the owner of that company, and I'm partnered with some other companies to do the work that I do. I'm a professional facilitator, consultant, coach, and author, and I create this podcast, which is great fun to do, and I'm very pleased to be sharing this information with you today. What we want to talk about is why do employees fail? I think sometimes we group it into one reason or another, and we maybe don't have the full picture. And I want to give you some insights around how to figure out where the challenge is. And if you can figure out where the gap is, then you might close the gap or figure out that you can't close the gap. So I'm excited about sharing this information with you today. The show notes for today's podcast can be found at my website, pricelessprofessional.com pricelessprofessional.com forward slash job fit, J-O-B-F-I-T, all lowercase. So that's where the show notes are for today. I also have a directory of all of our podcasts, so far 27 episodes. And if you want to listen to those, you can use our free iPhone and iPad app. So you can find the directory at wakeupeagerworkforce.com, wakeupeagerworkforce.com. That's all one word. You can find the directory of all the other episodes there, focusing on topics that are all about building energy commitment and communication in organizations. They're all about uh, engagement, all about teams working together, all about hiring, employee selection, productivity, accountability, lots of topics there. And so uh, you can find the free app and you can find the directory at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Now, we can connect in other ways, too. I'm on Twitter on a regular basis. I post episodes to the podcast and, and put notes on Twitter at Wake Up Eager is my Twitter handle. On Facebook, if you go to facebook.com forward slash Wake Up Eager, all one word, you'll find me. And if you'd like to connect on LinkedIn, uh, look me up, Susie Price, S-U-Z-I-E-P-R-I-C-E. So, um, 
That's a way we can stay connected and a little bit more about how to find the show notes. It's pricelessprofessional.com slash job fit. What I'd like to do now is have you think about people who work for you and with you. So think about all the different people you see on a regular basis. And um, then I want you to think about who do you work with who would say these statements. I'm going to read a couple of statements. And I want you to think if who comes to mind. Do you identify with them? Do people that work with you and for you to identify with them? Here they are. My job fits me so well. Often work is play. My work is a natural expression of my talents and personality. I don't have to pretend to be someone else at work. My job rewards my most important values and allows me to fulfill my goals in terms of personal growth, achievement, income, and stability. I love those statements. They're from a book called The Pathfinder that I read many years ago when I was on my path trying to find work that was a good fit for my strengths. And uh, one of the statements I didn't put in these today to share with you, but I'll share it now because it came to mind. I feel like a duck in a pond. So it's the opposite of square peg and a round hole. You know, I'm a good fit. I'm a duck in a pond. I'm supposed to be here. This is just how it is. So now when you think about people you know work for you, with you, or maybe just people you know who feel this way about their work or could say this is true for them. My job fits me so well. Often work is play. My work is a natural expression of my talents and personality. When you see these people, they're probably your high performers. They're people who are very effective on the job. And so that's what the philosopher meant when the opening quote that I said, a happy life is one which is in accord with its own nature. We bring certain skills and strengths into this world and life feels on track when we can use them. And there is, it's not pie in the sky to think that you could do that at work and that you could have people feel on purpose at work. And so there's a quote by Dr. Hartman. He is the founder of the science that I use uh, in the assessments. He's the founder of the science of axiology. And something he said back in 1960, it kind of goes with the Seneca quote and the statements. And it's a couple of quotes that are about how leaders should look at their teams and questions they should be asking about each person on their team. Are they going to be happy? Are they going to be productive? Will they want to stay? Will they own their job? Will they contribute their talents generously? So back in the 60s, he was asking that question. Seneca, I don't even know when Seneca was a philosopher, way many, 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 many years ago. But their intent seems to be the same is, you know, if people are are happy and going to be productive and want to stay, they need to be in alignment with their work. And the Gallup organization is research I quote very often because it's so relevant It's to so much of this. And that is their research after interviewing millions of employees were that if employees could say that, you know, I have a manager who cares about me and I get to use my strengths on the job and I get to do work that matters to me, my work feels important, they are six times more likely to be engaged and committed to their work and three times more likely to say, hey, I've got a good life. And they've documented higher productivity, higher customer service scores. So this whole idea of being a fit is possible. And it makes a big difference in uh, hiring and coaching when you start to think about you've got this job and you've got this person. Where do they fit? Where do they not fit? And can they close the gaps where they don't fit? Um, And when you're hiring, trying to find the best fit is the key. 
I talk about a story about myself. Um, many years ago, I, I'll do the very short version here. I worked at a very large company and I interviewed there because the market was in turmoil. I had moved. I needed a job. I really wasn't interested in the job, but uh, I was early on in my career and heck, I had an interview and the people seemed nice. And I thought if I got this job, I could get the next job, which, which is what I really wanted. And so I took the job and turns out I loved the job. I didn't even know what my strengths were or what I really liked because I liked the job that I interviewed for that I thought I didn't want. And then I did so good in the job. I excelled off the chart without even realizing I was because work was play for me. And um, they promoted me into the job that I initially thought I wanted. So I get that job and I didn't like the job. And I ended up going back and making a change. And I tell the full story um, when I'm talking about motivators in podcast episode 17. But the deal is, you know, basically I've experienced it is, and that is when you're not a fit, the first job that I interviewed for that I didn't really want was actually a really good fit, but I didn't know about fit and I didn't know how to, I didn't know about the five areas of job fit. And so I didn't know what, what I was getting into. So I lucked into something that was a really good fit and I excelled. And then I went into something else where I wasn't a good fit. Um, you know, so anyway, it's just so interesting to realize how important job fit is and this idea of your work feeling like play and your work feels like play often when your strengths match what the job requires. And so something there's a challenge that leaders get into. And so I, what I would suggest is here's two things you can think about as you think about why people fail. Well, one, one reason that starts at the beginning is when leaders are hiring, they sometimes believe and they don't even know they believe it. It seems to be an unconscious belief, but that most people can do most jobs if they just try and work really hard. So you're a nice person. You've got a good education. I hire you for this position. You seem interested. You should be able to do it. And it's very subtle as an unconscious belief, but we think, okay, I like you. You've got the right degree. Good to go. Um, but that is a, a false idea. And it leads to many leaders putting people in the wrong seats. You've heard the good to great book where they talk about putting the uh, wrong people in the wrong seats. We got to get the right people in the right seats and get them on the bus. And so the right seats have to do with more than just, hey, they look good. They sound good. They got the right background. Um, and that's what we're talking about around job fit and job fit. What is job fit? I keep mentioning it because it's so important. But what is this when you have a strong match between what the job needs and an employee's greatest strengths? So what does the job need? Are we really clear on that? It's more than just my degree and where I used to work. What are those other things that it needs? And then what does this person bring to the table and do they fit? Another reason why people fail or lead, something that leaders do or hiring managers do is they assume that somebody's a sure thing because, oh, they worked at and put insert whatever impressive company. They worked at Microsoft. They worked at Apple um, or they have a degree from wherever, either a university you like or know or a university that sounds really good, Harvard. So they either worked at a great place or they have a great degree or they got have something really impressive skill on the resume. And what happens sometimes when we see that, we stop our critical thinking and we say, oh, man, this person's got to be good. I got to win them over. So we stop judging. Are they actually a fit for the job? They could have great experience, but do they fit what the job needs? Because people are so much more than their background and experience. 
Now, the background experience does matter, but communication strengths, motivations and interests, personal skills, cultural fit, all of that matters more. And uh, we'll go into research around that uh, in a minute. But as I talked about earlier, when people are closely aligned, when what they are good at in all those areas, how they communicate, what they're motivated by, if the culture matches them, they feel like a duck in a pond. And according to Gallup, they're six times more likely to be committed to their work and they're more likely to be productive. So let's go into the car analogy that I keep mentioning and let's talk about it because it'll talk more in detail um, about how to overcome the, oh, anybody can do any job if they work hard and it'll help you overcome that subtle unconscious belief that a lot of people have and it'll help you kind of not get caught up in their background experience looks so awesome. And, and that is important. I'm not diminishing it, but it gets over-focused on. 90% of the time when people fail, it's because of these other things. And let me tell you about the other things. I use a car analogy to describe them. And um, I'll have pictures in the show notes so you can just kind of make a picture in your mind to get keep these clear um, when you're thinking about why people fail or somebody who's not working out. And so 90% of the time, People fail because of these things. I'm going to list four different things. The first is under the hood. So imagine you've opened up, you know, the hood of your car and you're looking at the engine, right? It's it's person, what I call personal skill horsepower. And it's not visible in the interview, but it certainly is visible six months into the job. There's things you're seeing that aren't happening. And it definitely impacts performance. So sometimes when people fail, it's because under the hood. And here's an example. Somebody's missing deadlines and they're blaming other people. And if you were to continue with the car analogy, that person has faulty spark plugs. So he's got problems under the hood in these personal skill horsepower areas. He's got low personal accountability. He's not good at his time management or self-management. He's not working well on the team because he's blaming other people. And he doesn't have high goal achievement. Um, So under the hood, his personal skill power is lacking. That can be a reason why people fail. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about the assessments that we use to measure this, but I'm also going to give you some, you don't have to use the assessment to figure out some of this in interviews with some interview questions. But so the first reason why people fail, and I know you've seen it where people miss deadlines and then they blame somebody else. Um, They just don't stay on track. That's a personal skill horsepower, something you can't see, but definitely impacts work. Another area that causes people to fail on the job is what I call the gas in the tank area. Their gas tank is empty. And this is related to what someone's motivations are, what their motivators are. An example of this would be, say you've got somebody on the job, but they don't want to do the job. That's kind of like my story where I was working at that big company and I had a job I didn't know I wanted. I got the job I thought I wanted and I didn't want to do the job, even though I could. And it was because my gas tank was empty. The job didn't match uh, what I wanted to do. And here's an example of, you know, maybe the job rewards process order and structure and the person in the jobs, never seen a rule she didn't want to break. And so the culture, the structure, you know, everything's got to be accurate. Well, this person isn't driven or motivated by that. So they can do the job, but they don't want it. And, and in this particular example, the person doesn't like the job and their performance is inconsistent because their gas tank is empty. So we've talked about under the hood, that's personal skill, horsepower. That's one reason people feel they're missing a skill. We talk about gas in the tank. Their gas tank is empty. 
What we want is a full gas tank. Hey, I like this work. I'm interested by this. I want to spend my days doing this. Another is what and how they drive. And that is the third area of why people fail. Does their natural communication style match what the job needs? So here's a good example. And this happened recently. There's someone who on the job who was failing and the clients and the teammates didn't like working with this person. He approached the situations with the clients and with teammates like a bulldozer. So how he liked to communicate was very direct and assertive. But the job and the culture kind of on the team and what clients were used to is a peaceful, more easygoing gondola approach. So we've got bulldozer, which are real direct and assertive. Gondola is easygoing, amiable, sincere. Um, So two different styles and the style this person was bringing didn't really match what the job needed. So that can cause a person to fail in the job. And the fourth one, I said there were four, is the garage where they're parked. And that is, does the person fit our culture? And some an example there might be team members are complaining because they don't really like working with this person. They're finding her hard to, and you are finding her hard to manage. So you're trying to manage this person and they just don't fit in the culture. They don't feel like a duck in a pond, right? The team values openness, sharing and helping each other. And this person who is in the job is guarded, independent and keeps people at a distance. So it doesn't fit the culture. So 90% of the reasons, and you think about different people who are struggling in the job or had made it in the job, um, it's either one of these things. Under the hood, personal skill, horsepower, the gas in the tank, they're empty, the motivators don't match, how they drive or if you changed it, you know, their style, how they drive, how they communicate doesn't match the job or in the garage where they're parked, the person doesn't fit the culture. Now, 10% of the time, failure on the job relates to uh, the fifth area, which is roads traveled and future destinations. So you think about where someone's been in the past, which you get off the resume, and where they want to go in the future. So most interviewers are really good at matching background and experience because we've got that one figured out. And that's what we spend way more time on often than the other areas, personal skills, motivators, um, because the background seems easier to follow. So we miss out on all the other areas, but we also forget to look at, okay, where do they want to go? And I know there's someone recently that I talked to in a coaching situation, he's their highest performer, but he's been circulating his resume because he's, you know, what the job requires isn't where, where he wants to go. He doesn't want to be on the fast track anymore because of personal situations. So we, we look at the background and we assume, okay, where they've been is where they want to go. And we don't figure that out. So I'm going to give you some interview questions to help you ferret a little bit of that out as well. Um, so just to recap or go through this a little bit, the the biggest part is the personal skill part, under the hood, the gas tank part. The Georgia Commissioner of Labor, Mark Butler, said that 69% of all new hires lose their job because they lack personal skills. So time management, all of those personal skill horsepower stuff, under the hood stuff that we don't often spend enough time asking about in an interview. Uh, one of my favorite books is by Bill Brooks. He wrote a book called The New Science of Selling and Persuasion, and he talked about personal skills are the multiplier of performance. And that is so true. If the personal skills are not there, the horsepower under the hood, um, that's often where the gap is. 
And another study that I've uh, cited often is it was in the Society of Human Resource Management magazine a while back. They followed uh, 100,000 people who were let go within 18 months of being hired, and only 10% of them were fired due to lack of experience. The rest, 90%, were let go due to lacking under the hood, motivators don't match, communication style doesn't match, they don't match the culture. Um, so it's that's a really, you know, things like he's got a bad attitude, he doesn't follow up, she blames others, they don't get along with people, they're disorganized, they miss deadlines, all of those things. Don't follow directions, can't handle stress. Those are all under the hood type things. So there's the car fit analogy. So now what do you do with this? So it's like, okay, that kind of makes sense. I understand now instead of just just lumping it in or wondering vaguely why someone's not performing well or and or what I need to look for in interviews, um, now we can get very specific. And so I'm going to give you some tools. There's three hiring tools, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about coaching. There are some interview questions that I suggest you use, and they are self-management questions. That's one of the top personal skills that we find in almost every benchmark that we do, self-management, time management, and the definition for it is the ability to prioritize and complete tasks in order to deliver desired outcomes within allotted time frames. What job doesn't need that, right? Being able to get stuff done. And so I've given you 12 interview questions. It's in a PDF in the show notes. So go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash job fit, J-O-B-F-I-T, one word, lowercase, and you'll see the download. It's PDF and you can get those 12 questions. There's an example. Here's an example of one. They're always competency behavioral based interview questions. And the trick is when you use these is to press for specifics and to be quiet. Let the person think. Don't try to answer it for them. Don't let them get let them get off with vague answers really press for specifics so you can test their skill if they have this strong if it's under the hood and they have some capability here they should be able to give you a rich answer if they give you a weak answer it gives you some indication you might want to ask another question and I have 12 of them uh, for you to choose from but here's an example of one around the self-management time management question to ask a candidate give me a specific example of a project that you were responsible for organizing from beginning to end how did you go about it so the answer that how did you deal with changes that arose it's a four or five part question how did you ensure that the project stayed on track what was the final outcome what did you learn from this experience awesome interview question um, and just remember self-management time management that is a personal skill under the hood attribute that causes people to fail And it's almost found in every benchmark that we have. High performers at every role from the receptionist to the CEO have some strength in this area. Now, I talked about where they're parked, the garage. And I talked a little bit about empty gas tank type questions. So I've given you, it's also in the handout, I've given you five questions that you can use uh, in your next interview that will get to what puts gas in their tank and what depletes their tank. It'll tell you what garage they're best parked in because it asks about past environments they work best in, past environments that did not work. Um, And you'll see those five questions in the handout. But again, the trick is use the questions and then you just have to listen. There's no right answer. The right answer is 
you thinking about, do they fit in our garage? When they're parked here with us, do they fit? Um, does it sound like what they, what it, where things that they want to avoid, things that they want to do more of, is that going to get rewarded on the job? And if these questions make so much sense and have so much depth and their answers are so important when you start to really understand the power of fit job fit and getting away from, okay, I'm just going to look at the background experience because as you heard from that study, only 10% were let go because of that. 90% is all this other under the hood, gas tank, uh, how they drive and garage. Another tip, and it's not really related, but it is because you're going to be interviewing and that is to talk less and listen more. I've already said that, but it's so important. It's the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes interviewers make. And I actually have a little handout uh, with a little sign that has a big stop sign on it that says talk less, listen more. And that's also going to be in the show notes. So those are some interview questions and just a reminder, you can print out that little sign that I have and just put it in your interview folder and just to remind yourself, okay, I'm going to talk less and listen more. And I'm going to you know, get rid of all my distractions and I'm going to totally tune into what this person is saying. And I'm going to think about this interview through the lens of job fit. And I'm going to think about, do they fit what the job needs? Um, and listen closely for that. Now, I do have a, an assessment process that I use. I partnered with an organization called TTI out of Arizona. I've worked with them for 12 years, and I'm one of their top uh, distributors there, and I do quite a lot of assessments. And so I just want you to know about that. The tools that I'm giving you, you can use, and that will give you assistance in uh, making sure that people are fit for the job when you're interviewing. But you could also consider the assessment process because it allows you to have uh, basically what happens in the process is we benchmark the job, which is something we do virtually and over the phone. And you have actually a template for hiring so that you ask more focused questions during the interview. We give you specific interview questions to match your job. And then uh, what happens is when you get your top candidates, we actually assess the candidates and we match them to your benchmarks. So you get a one page document that says this is where they match. This is where they don't match. And then you can you're looking at all of those areas. You're able to see under the hood based on the assessment results and the benchmark. You're able to see what fills up their gas tank, matches what the job rewards. You're able to see, you know, how they drive. You know, if they're a bulldozer, you'll able to see the assessment process figures out you know, gives you in the benchmark whether, you know, there you need a gondola, a bulldozer or some other style. So anyway, so you could always do the superior performance assessment process. I'll have a link to that in the uh, show notes so you can look at that. The cool thing about the assessments is they're based on a science that helps you go beneath the surface. You can actually look under the hood and you can actually figure out what their gas tank is and how they're going to whether they're going to fit in your garage, cultural fit. And so it's it's powerful powerful tools. It's based on a science called of axiology, the science of axiology. And that's the under the hood part. It's a science that measures how we think and make decisions. It's mathematically based um, and it's objective. And it gives you an idea of how you're going to react to any given situation. So it tells you a bit about capacity a person has. And it also gives you insight into current talents developed, um, what they've already developed and what's not developed. Um, so it's a powerful tool. It's non-discriminatory and it's EEOC and OFCCP. It meets all of those requirements. And basically people have referred to it as a linguistic polygraph. And it gives you just answers all of those 
questions, the 90%. Um, so I wanted you to know about that process. And like I said, there's a link in the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com slash job fit. And then another thing we talked about, those are hiring resources. We also have coaching process. So if you wanted to assess someone currently in the job and you're trying to apply, okay, which personal skills are not a match and, you know, what do I need to do to help them fill up their gas tank? Um, I have a coaching process that will help you do that. It uh, basically includes the trimetrics assessment, the information that I just discussed uh, here, and it will give you uh, coaching calls. There can be one call, it can be three calls, can be six calls, it just depends. Um, and then I provide a self-study coaching tools page that gives a debrief video and all kinds of resources. So the coaching process can help you pinpoint exactly where they fit and where they don't fit and pinpoint development so you can get to what the challenge might be very quickly. So that's a little bit about tools and resources. If you're stuck on the side of the road, those are some tune-up tools that are available and uh, it's for hiring. And there is a coaching process that can get right to these specifics in this job fit car analogy. And in the coaching process, I do a process that involves the person being coached and the leader. We have a discussion. And so it's just powerful and I get so much good feedback around it. And what I don't want is for you to continue. If you are, if you do have people who are not a fit of the job, I want you to have the hiring tools that you can use so that you can eliminate that because it makes such a huge difference uh, when people can say, I feel, you know, so often work is play. I feel like a duck in a pond. Um you know, a happy life is one which is in accord with its own nature. So if you can hire people that are a good fit, you're going to have better success. And also with the coaching, I don't want you to feel like you're stuck in a situation where someone isn't performing and, you, and you're just in a holding pattern with them. It brings down the business and it's very stressful. So to close with the podcast today, we've got to get away from the idea that anyone can be trained to do any job. And we got to get away with, hey, if I just train you enough and if you try hard enough, you can excel. It's not true. It's just not true. And, and we see evidence of it everywhere we go. We need to try something different. And that is hiring for job fit. That's my pitch to you today. And so, you know, people bring who they are to the job and who they are is not only their background experience, but it's all these other things, you know, how they like to drive, where they want to park their car, what puts gas in their tank, what's under their hood. You know, it's just natural for us want to want to do what we're good at. And, and when we can find that alignment and if we as a company can be very clear as to what that is for each job, then you can really clarify your hiring and you can pinpoint development needs and you You'll be able to answer Dr. Hartman's questions or statements that he said. Dr. Hartman, again, is the founder of the science of axiology that I talked about today. He, he asked this, are they going to be happy? Are they going to be productive? Will they want to stay? Will they own their job? Will they contribute their talents generously? And that's that's the gist of it. That's just so, such simple statements that outline what we're looking for. Because when we're happy, we're going to be productive. We're going to want to stay. And we're happy when we can do our do our strengths and we work in an environment that feels makes us feel like a duck in a pond, right? We're going to own our job and we're going to contribute generously. 
So much of the other podcasts that I do uh, also are in an attempt to help give tools and skills and things to add to the leadership toolkit around making sure that you create that kind of environment. So I, I hope that this episode, episode 28, which is why people fail and what to do about it, is helpful. If you have any questions, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm at Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, at pricelessprofessional.com. If you're on the app, you just hit the little album art and you flip up and there'll be a place there where it has my website and it has my contact information. Just reach out anytime. And um, I'm excited about future podcasts. I'm talking to one of my partners. Uh, there's they do some brain research so i'm going to be um hopefully i've got the request out hopefully he's not too busy interview one of the experts around the brain research and around choices that we make and in a, in a different way it'll get to a little bit about what we're talking about job fit um, they actually do um, a lot of research that helps inform the assessments that I use and uh, keeps those uh, tools up to date and in line with how people think and how people make decisions. And um, so I'm excited to interview him. And then I'm going to go into some more detail in, in podcasts after that about how that applies to the different assessment tools that we use with the DISC, which is the how they drive and the motivators, which is the gas in the tank and um, under the hood. So Love, love, love that and uh, love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any suggestions for me or thoughts, please reach out anytime. If you're ever on iTunes and you feel inspired to leave a uh, rating or a, uh, a review, that would be awesome. If you leave a review, more people see it uh, and just uh, have a great, great, great day. Thanks for tuning in. It's pricelessprofessional.com slash job fit for the show notes and wakeupeagerworkforce.com for the app free app that you can download and for the directory take care all's good we'll see you soon this episode of the wake up eager workforce podcast was brought to you by priceless professional development thank you for tuning in if you enjoyed today's show head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources 